I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Well, what a remarkable round of footy that just gone. Round two, done and dusted. We're back here previewing round three, looking ahead to the weekend's action. But before we do, Tommy, uh, how good was it to be out at the footy on Sunday afternoon? Shame about the weather, though, but the Roosters at Campbelltown, geez, didn't they turn on a show? Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, poetry motion on Sunday. Uh, good day, Ryan. Yeah, pity about the weather across the whole weekend, but I thought the footy was still, you know, at a decent standard despite this uh players still scored pretty well overall and uh, we'll get right into it now. Yeah, I think it set the tone on Thursday night with the storm and uh, Parramatta in driving rain out there at Bankwest. I was actually out there at this one as well and it's hard to imagine uh, when I was getting to the ground and stepping through puddles that they would have had the completion rates and I guess just the overall quality of the game which they turned out. So that was a really good game and I guess it backed up our thinking and our thoughts that we you know, tipped on and in the preseason that these two teams are going to be two of the teams that are challenging for this title at the end of the season. Yeah, there's really already a clear division sort of opening up in the league, I think, like Parra and Melbourne playing that really good game the other night despite the awful conditions. And then you can trust that with maybe the Cowboys-Dragons game in dry conditions, which was it was entertaining, but to be honest, it was pretty low standard. Yeah, <laughs> feel good. Uh, you said, uh, you told me um, yesterday, last night when the show was on, I think it's 100% footy, Phil Gould said it wasn't NRL standard. I thought that was probably one of the better games of the weekend. Uh, maybe not in terms of, uh, I guess, uh, the quality of the match, but it was one of the more entertaining fixtures, that one. Yeah, absolutely. From an entertainment point of view, it was great. I thought it was end-to-end stuff, try for try. Similar to, I suppose, uh, Broncos Titans was also very entertaining, and they were the two the two only uh, dry games of the weekend, so it probably coincided with that. Yeah, one of the more wet games on the weekend was the Panthers uh, up against the Bulldogs again at Bankwest, and... Again, it was hard to see anything but a Panthers win heading into this one. But I guess the way in which the Panthers won, they show that they're going to be a real force again and, and be right there challenging for the title as they were in 2020. Yeah, it was probably the most dominant victory you'd ever see, really. I know it's only 28-0, but the rain really made it impossible to score many more than that. But uh, 
on the flip side, the doggies really struggling for points uh, and in defence also. They didn't seem to have the same sort of steely determination that they had in uh, in 2020. You mentioned already that one of the other dry games, one of the very few dry games on the weekend was the Titans and the Broncos at uh, at the Gold Coast. And geez, we predicted it. We, we thought it would be the case, but didn't he deliver David Fafita, the marquee signing for the Titans against his old team? It was just the perfect end to that chapter for him, leaving the club and he had his revenge on the way out. Yeah, I think, yeah, like you said, we kind of mentioned last week that the game against the Warriors, it was, I suppose he'd been in hospital. I think it came out after the game and the Warriors packed handled him pretty well but yeah against Brisbane the other night those two tries were both big highlights for him and he looks for a big season now doesn't he yeah he does he just has to go on with it uh for feeder I think he has this ability to score a try or score two tries as he did at the weekend but then he'll have his quiet games um not saying he was quiet in round one against the Warriors he still churned out 60 odd super coach points and I think he had something like well he definitely had the most hit-ups of any forward in that Titans team and 20-plus tackles from memory as well. So um, he's building to something here, David. He looks very fit and um, for draft players, particularly myself, who holds him in our competition. I uh, hope he can go on with the job again this week. Uh, in the other Queensland derby, that is, they play, take on the, uh, the Cowboys this week. So back-to-back Queensland derbies for the Titans. Uh, Damian Cook, we also tipped up, well, I also tipped him up. You were hoping that he would turn out a big performance f- against Manly and, geez, he delivered, didn't he? Yeah, he was back on the weekend. Uh, a lot of negative press about him last week, like not not just from us, but people in Fox Sports and whatnot, kind of questioning how he's handling the new rules. But then he, he really stood up the other night and the wet track really made it a game for the middles and him and Karen Murray and Jayara really dominated that game. Uh, the halves, Cody Walker and Reynolds couldn't really get into the game as much, but yeah, Cook and Murray were on fire the other night. And we'll touch on this a little bit later in terms of um, you know, out-and-out out guns like Cook, like Cleary, like Madison, they have one bad week and suddenly everyone wants to trade them out out of fear. And I think that, and, and again, I don't want to go too far into it now, but it's just not the right move to make, is it? You just have to give these guys another week and, and trust that they'll come back and score the scores that you know that they can. Uh, before we do go ahead on to round three, Tommy, I want to look back here at round two. And I already kind of alluded to the fact that uh, we went semi-okay in our bold predictions this is what we thought would happen ahead of round two. Uh, let's have a little flashback now as to how we went. David Fafita and Damian Cook to both score 100 plus points. I think they both have a point to prove this week. So David Fafita and Damian Cook to both score a century this week for mine. Uh, mine, like I don't know if this is as bold as he wanted to be. It might be obvious, but Jason Tamuolo to fight back this week. I reckon he can score a try and he'll score at least 80 points on Supercoach. Well, Tommy, your horse was a late scratching at the gates and your bets uh, are not being upheld here. So we'll let you off the hook a little bit here with that uh, Tamuolo prediction, but... A little bit of a humble brag. Two from two to call two centuries in the one round. Not too bad. No, massive from you, to be honest. <laughs> Very good work. I don't I don't like giving you compliments, but that's uh, that's worthy of one for sure. Both big efforts there. Um, Tamalolo was very disappointing, though, and it obviously has uh, massive ramifications for owners now with him being out for a month, they're saying. Yeah, geez, that's, um, it has flow-on effects as well for the that interchange. They had well, what seemed to be three hookers there on the bench, well, in the squad at least, two on the bench, and Robson obviously starting. 
Um, but yeah, how that works with Cotter and Granville going forward, we'll just have to wait and see. I think they did okay on the weekend, the Cowboys, albeit in a loss against the Dragons, who probably won't be challenging for higher honours in 2021. Uh, before we get into round two talk, Tommy, and we'll go over the team list, which was obviously announced on Tuesday evening as we record this. Uh, a couple of talking points out of round one via our Instagram DMs, and a big thank you to everyone who's got in touch with us overnight uh, or throughout the day today um, to to chat through round two, which is what we want to do here, and quite simply to get it underway, Taj Joyce uh, says, how good is Tedesco? Well, we saw it in the flesh live. I think he can get even better than that, Teddy. I think he was just superb, hands on the ball. He just ran that show, and the Tigers fans, they would have been scathing. They would have been hurting that their old fullback was tearing them up. Yeah, it was, uh, it was quite funny, to be honest, to see him score in the first five minutes there, and he's uh, returned to Campbelltown, but... I think I said last week, can he score 100 again? And look, he managed to do it. He's really making me look a full full him out. Yeah, it was funny though, wasn't it? Because uh, we obviously didn't predict too many high things of the Tigers this year. And obviously, you know, you don't want to see a team struggling and languishing at the bottom. But there was a sense of irony about that performance from Tedesco. And I think nothing summed it up more than when he just turned around to the crowd uh, after he slotted that sideline conversion, they were in his ear and he just, you know, little one-finger salute to the crowd. Um, I really liked it, to be honest. And it just shows you the class uh, players, particularly in the NRL, but also in Supercoach, they're going to rise to the occasion. And uh, he was $843,000 to start the season. Can you believe he's going to make money at the end of round three, Tommy? It's just unbelievable, really. No, I don't think even like the biggest fan of him could have said that. That's kind of why I left him out, because I thought he was set. I suppose, for a price drop, but then he's just performed unbelievably. Big challenge this week against South, as we'll get into in a moment, but he's already got the runs on the board. Yeah, off to a great start, and uh, even if he doesn't make money, at least he's shown you that he, he is a reliable choice and a very safe captaincy option as well. Uh, second talking point through here, not really a question, uh, more of a statement, I guess, is Tommy Gibbs, the great Tommy Gibbs. I know him from my time at the New South Wales Rugby League. Very good kid. He loves his footy as well, and he Loves his super coach. He actually dusted me up in round one of a draft competition uh, that we have going on. He says eight dummy half tries in 2021 already after round two. He says, is there anything tactically we're missing regarding the new rules? Tommy, your thoughts on this. Has the new rules brought the dummy halves even more into play this year? That's an interesting pickup. Um, I hadn't seen that anywhere, so it's a good pickup from Tom there. But um, look, I suppose it makes sense uh, with the game moving faster Everyone's, I suppose, expecting the little man to come into play more, and a lot of the hookers, the hookers, sorry, the running hookers, should benefit from that. And uh, I suppose one of the examples of that is uh, Jacob Little, one of our cheapy options. He scored both weeks so far from Dommy Half, so that's uh, that's a good pick up there from Tommy. Yeah, he's done well, and I think even players who traditionally weren't running number nines, like your Jaden Braley's and Reed Marnie's, to this point, they've almost been the best performers for their respective clubs after two weeks. So. Maybe it's been an instruction from the coaches to those guys that, hey, you know, we need to adapt or we're going to perish here. Um, obviously, Damian Cook has scored a try at the weekend as well. Uh, Lachlan Croker from memory. So uh, even these noted or not noted try scorers uh, from dummy halves are suddenly finding their way across the line. I think it's just part and parcel of what the game's becoming, Tommy. Like, obviously, the, the rules are there in place to make the the big middle forwards tired, so it's you'd expect there to be more holes around the ruck, and obviously the quick-witted number nines are taking full advantage of that. Uh, next one through here is from Harry Lloyd forty-seven, and he says, "Is Leota a sell?" Jeez, um, I'll let you in. I'll let you answer this one. <laughs> I know this is um, this is tough because 
I was saying to you last night, Tommy, off off air, uh, that I talked up Moses Leota like he was going to be the next Chief Harrigan um, heading into this season, and he hasn't quite hit it yet. But I'm I'm willing to give him a couple of more weeks because. I, I think he's at least matching his break-even, so he's not going to lose too much money. He might not be returning the high scores like your, um, you know, Clemmers, Saifidis, Payne Haas when he returns, so these these more expensive options. Uh, Pangai Jr., you can throw him into that mix as well, but he's not too far behind, and I think it's only his minutes which are holding him back. So one injury to that Panthers forward pack and Moses' minutes will jump from 45 to 55 to 60. And if he's at a point a minute, that's a solid base. And I think that's a go from there. Is he a sell at this point? I'm willing to hold for at least a couple of more weeks, but um, not as bullish as I once was. And that was only a few weeks ago. Yeah, look, uh, I don't know. It's obviously personal preference, but the Panthers, they just seem to have so many forwards which kind of, I suppose, cannibalize each other. It uh, makes it hard for anyone really to score massively, other than James Fisher-Harris, who's so consistent. But, yeah, but just with Leota, look, I, I don't know. Fair play to you, sticking to your guns, because he caught it early. And there's no reason why he shouldn't be going better than he is, but, I don't know, it's just not penning out for him at the moment. Yeah, I think one thing that's... Um, well, we didn't expect Kurt Capewell to get the start, really, to be honest. And I don't think you know many could have predicted that he would get the jump over Liam Martin. And I think that's played a factor as well, because then when Martin's come on, he's played more in the middle as opposed to on an edge, um, which Capewell was an out-and-out edge player. So that's obviously worked against us there. But to answer your question, Harry, I'm, I'm going to hold for one more week, but the shares, the stocks are certainly um, going south at this point. Uh, someone has asked here, and uh, pardon my ignorance here, I forgot to put the handle on, but is uh, who is a good backup for Nathan Cleary if he doesn't play on Thursday night against the Storm? Um, Tommy, personally, I can speak that I've got Nathan Cleary and Sam Walker. So Sam Walker not named this weekend. So um, as it is, if Cleary isn't playing, and I will say that I haven't made my trades for round three yet um, as we record this. I need to do a little bit more thinking. But um, at this point, I'm just going to take the the non-playing reserve off the bench. And I don't know if that's the best option, but I don't really want to burn a trade for the sake of one week, getting out Nathan Cleary to... I don't know, spend money elsewhere, which I'm not going to actually use for the rest of the season. So back up for Cleary, I'm going to just take the, the lowest score off my bench. Yeah, I think we're going to, do this, going to do the same as that. Save yourself the headache of trying to uh, get him out and then get him back in. We're not going to know until uh, Thursday. And I'd say he'd be pretty keen to play this week, but there is uh, rumours he still has to pass a few tests. So we'll wait and see, but I'm going to keep him in as well. If you are looking to get rid of Cleary, though, I think it comes at a good time. Um I mean, I've got Ryan Madison there as well. So the fact that he wasn't named, it's kind of an easy way. You can get rid of... I'd prefer to get rid of Maddo as opposed to Cleary because I think you can probably find not a like-for-like like for Madison, but someone to kind of, I guess, accommodate for his loss or his absence easier than you would for Cleary in their respective positions. So uh, if I was getting rid of uh, Madison, you could probably you know sneak in a Mitchell Moses at backup. I think he's about four hundred and forty or $80,000. Um, depending on your number six as well, you can probably sneak in at Josh Schuster. So you can do some balancing act as well. A big thing, though, that I've seen, Tommy, a lot of people who were playing with Cleary often uh, had Ash Taylor at the backup seven, and he's out as well. So it's come at a very bad time for those guys. Yeah, it's tough. And the other person you mentioned earlier, Sam Walker, he's in my slot there in the backup halfback role. A lot of other people in the same boat there, and he still hasn't been named uh, despite killing it in this World's Cup. So... Those are all waiting with bated breath for him to, uh, to get named. Yeah, and I, I mean, you look at the Roosters' minutes at the weekend. I think Drew Hutchinson played about 50-odd at 
number nine. So um, Freddie Lussick, he might be on borrow time, and then that could mean that Kerry would shift to six and Walker to seven if Lamb was to move to dummy half. Uh, obviously, it's a bit of a rotation there and a shift. I don't think Trent Robertson wants to have to pull the trigger on that quite yet. Uh, particularly when they're winning games by 40 points uh, every week, as they have been to this point. Uh, another question here via Nico Reno, who says, is Hunt a good buy to make money? Now, I assume he means Ben Hunt, not Heimel Hunt. Both have been pretty good to start the season. So uh, forgive me here, Nico. Um, ben Hunt. Yeah, he's been pretty good. I thought that was his best game in Dragons Colours last week. And I know it's easy to have recency bias, but he was in everything that they did well. Uh, forgive me here, I don't actually know how much money he's going to make this week uh, as we go to air, but um, I think he's put together an average of 90 across two weeks, so I dare say he'd be making a bit of coin after two rounds. Yeah, and then keep in mind that he has uh, Manly this week, which going off the first two rounds is not a bad opponent to have. Um, Halfback hooker as well gives you some options, so look, that's not the worst shout at all. Yeah, depending on who you've got at that backup number nine, I prefer him at that slot as opposed to the backup seven behind Cleary because... Um, really at that slot, I don't know. I think there's more security if he was playing nine, which he's not, but he's obviously doing good things at number seven. So here's to Ben Hunt. I actually like Ben Hunt. I really think he's a great player. And obviously he had that, um, you know, that little down period after that infamous knock on. And I don't think he's fully recovered from that, but on his day, he's probably up there in the top three or four premier number sevens in the game. And the last question here coming through uh, via Cooper Young at Instagram as well. We'll do this every Monday. We'll put this up or every Tuesday, uh, talking points for the next podcast. He says, Staines and Avarillo, are they cells? Yes. Tommy, what do you reckon here? In one word. Yeah. Um, quick, look, quick to jump Staines, in. Staines, the other day, Penrith win by 28. He only gets, I think it was 11 from the wing. Um, it's just not really good enough. Avarillo as well. Bulldogs really look just awfully out of ideas in attack, and he's only scored 34 points in, uh, in the two games. So... Look, I'm looking to move them on. Can you believe that he was projected to hit 112 in round one? Staines, that is. I, I mean, you look back at that now, and it's 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 almost laughable because he has next to nil base. He's so heavily reliant on scoring a try, and the way that Penrith have been, you know, playing this year, particularly with the shift of Brian Toto to the left. I can't believe we didn't pick up on this earlier, that they're just going to go left all day, every day. And Momorowski, he's been good. He's scored a couple of tries, but he doesn't need to pass it. He's just going to go himself. So if, I think we've missed the boat here. We've we've all jumped on stains when in reality we probably should have went to Momorowski, but um, hindsight is twenty twenty. On Avarello, nah, look, I'm happy to give him one more week at least. He's got the Broncos this week. If he's ever going to do anything, it's against the Broncos. Uh, I'm actually tipping the Broncos uh, to get the win, but I think they'll be points in this game I think uh, it'll open itself up and if Avarello again I'm happy to give him one more week if he loses 40 or 50k look so be it I think it was worth the punt after um, what he showed in 2020 and um, before that even as well that's enough of round two Tommy let's get into round three that's where we want to turn our attentions to right now it all gets underway on Thursday night the battle of last year's grand finalists in the golden west or the soggy west this week uh, how do you see this one playing out? Two very good teams going at it again. Yeah, what a what a treat this is to have this game uh, so early in the year. Um, from a tipping point of view, I'll probably go with the Panthers, I think, at home. They haven't put a foot wrong yet. Obviously, up against weak opposition last week, this is a massive rising class. Uh, but, look, I'm just going to ride the momentum with Penrith yet to concede a point. Melbourne had a really tough game last week in the wet. They've got to come back to Sydney again. 
might be a tough one for them. At the newly named Blue Bet Stadium. Yeah, so, it's had some names. Penrith Park, hasn't it? Remember, it was Centibet Stadium, and I think it was Sporting Bet Stadium. So a couple of degenerates at the foot of the mountain there across from Panthers Leagues Club. Um, on the game, though, I think, yeah, look, it's hard to pick a winner. I'm obviously a little bit biased to the Storm, given the fact that you know, I like a lot of their players. But um, I think that they were they were pretty, I won't say disappointing in that loss to the Eels last week, but they certainly had their chances. I think their error rate, I know it was in the wet as well, um, but it's higher than usual. Whether they, they're adjusting to life after Cameron Smith still, it's obviously a big loss uh, without Harry Grant there as well. Brandon Smith, I don't know if he's an 80-minute player just quite yet. So um, they'll welcome back the troops in the weeks to come. But personally here, I don't know, it's a dollar ninety on Sportsbet for a reason. So uh, again, I'm not putting my tips in on a Tuesday night. I'll think about this one. But if I did have to side with the team, yeah, it's hard to look past the Panthers at home, as you say there. Uh, team news though, Tommy, uh, obviously Cleary's in a little bit of doubt. Burton is on the extended bench. Burton hasn't played in a long time from memory. Yeah, we we big call uh, from Cleary there. I think Tyrone May and Luai, as you mentioned, have had uh, a bit of history together, played with each other a bit. Matt Burton will be looking to play to kind of, I suppose, push his claims to move to the dogs again. But um, look, I don't know. Either way, it's pretty good options for the Panthers. It's not like they're bringing in someone who... Is complete unknown. Both of them are pretty solid players. So I don't even if Clear is out, I'm still happy to be with Penrith. Yeah, and the more I look at this team, I, the more I see a little bit of mismatch here on, on either side. I think both sides will favour their left. Obviously, the Panthers will. Um, they'll go towards Crichton up against that matchup of uh, Remus Smith and George Jennings. Brian to- or outside of him, uh, the the Storm. They're traditionally been a left side. Um, focused team with Munster at six down that side and they're obviously going to target uh, the young combination in Momorowski and Staines. So there could be points down that um, down each side's left uh, depending on whatever way uh, you're looking at it. But um, yeah, I'm expecting a relatively tight game. Uh, Panthers maybe just to get the nod, obviously depending on Nathan Cleary's fitness there as well. Uh, let's move on to Friday night, though. The early game, the Dragons up against the Seagulls. Tommy, you already mentioned this. Uh, you mentioned Ben Hunt's form. Chance to keep that rolling here against a struggling Manly side. They're, they're none and two. Are they any chance of getting a win here, do you think? Oh Yeah, they're definitely a chance. Uh, there's probably not going to be a lot between those two teams across the uh, whole 25 rounds. I did say that the Dragons game last week wasn't a high-quality match, but I still think they're going to take a lot of uh, confidence out of that one, though. So they'll probably go into this one like favourites over Manly. But, look, Manly were okay against South last week. Uh, They'll be looking at this as a really winnable game against Saints. So pretty desperate match, I reckon, this one. Yeah, they'll both be giving their all. That's for sure. Uh, I, th- I think the Dragons weren't too bad against the Sharks in round one. That's why I tipped them in round two. I know you were very keen on them in round two. You might have even had a couple of dollars on them uh, to get the win. But I think, yeah, you look up the like-for-like matchups here, and there's just the quality and the class in the key positions. They've all but got an origin spine there uh, in the six, seven, and nine at least. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think mainly they're just a little bit off. They're a little bit out of sync. I don't think Jake Chiroyevich has been at his best. They'll need Tom to come back at his best uh, in a couple of weeks' time, hopefully sooner rather than later for those guys. Interesting, though, looking at these teams, Josh Schuster, he's named in the back row. That could be a handy little pickup or or a boost to those teams that have already picked him up before round three. 
Yeah, interesting to see this. Uh, Schuster was obviously great in that trial match. Even though they lost by 40 to West Tigers, he was a one-man team for Manly that day. And um, it's good to see him get a start this week. I do think the most interesting aspect of Manly's side, however, is uh, Dylan Walker still in the fullback jersey. Um, look, it's, I don't think it's working. Maybe Des is just too stubborn or I don't know. But it just seems strange he's picked Walker again. Well, who else have they got, really? I mean, they're a really shoestring budget team. They put, obviously, all their money into DCE, the two turbos. Uh, Foz would be on a little bit of coin there as well. They would have had to have paid overs, I think, to keep Schuster. He's just signed an extension. Uh, Schuster, you mentioned an interesting thing there to, to keep him in or to start him in the back row here. He came through the junior reps as a prop. So he, he can play as a forward. So I was actually the other way. I fell off my chair when he came into grade as a number six. Because he, he was an out-and-out middle forward for two or three years there in the Harold Matz and the SG ball. But anyway, he's made the move into the halves and obviously a skillful type. And uh, yeah, all the best to him this weekend playing in the back row. Again, for what it's worth, I think I'll be going with the Dragons here. That's the entree to the main course, though. Another chapter in the Book of Feuds later on Friday evening. The Rabbitohs hosting the Roosters. I think it's fair to say it's easily the game of the round, maybe outside of Thursday night. But how do you see this one playing out, Tommy? Two teams in, in cracking form. Yeah, it's it's definitely the event of the round. Uh, we all eyes on this one. Should be. There's really no excuse for it not to have a big crowd. I know there's still, I suppose, people still worried about COVID and whatnot. But I think it's a dry dry weather expected. Two teams who look to be in great form already. It should just be a great night. Um, I don't really have a preference here. It's pretty. I'm pretty much sitting on the fence. It's a pretty hard game to work out. I do think from a super coach point of view, though. Um, Wondering your opinion on this, having, I suppose, this game as well as Panthers and Storm, probably the foremost represented Supercoach players teams, if you know what I mean, mm, does that kind yeah. of impact scoring, the fact that they're all playing each other? Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, I've already, I haven't thought about it to that degree. I've thought about it from a captaincy point of view. Um, because usually you'd head into a week and you'd probably, you know, depending on their matchups, you'd have Cleary and Teddy, if you've got them in your team, as your VC and your C um, in their respective order of the games that week. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a fair point. I know people who are running with Jaden Braley as captain this week against the Tigers. Like, that's that's the degree that you have to start thinking about these matches. Um, Teddy against Souths, geez, he's almost fixture-proof, but is he, Teddy? I think he scored 60 or you know mid-60s against Souths uh, last year. That was when they were beaten by 52, however. So uh, I don't think that'll be the case on Friday night. Adam Reynolds has been named despite his head knock last week, so he's hoping for the fixture, for the spectacle that he turns out. Pretty handy replacement, though, in Benji Marshall if um, Reynolds isn't to turn up. But I guess the key inclusion for the Roosters is in the jersey number 14. Victor Radley, he's back. Yeah, what a what a uh, time to come back for Victor Radley. Uh, just adds even more starch to that four-pack for the Roosters, who have just been uh, steamrolling their opposition in the first two rounds. That's probably where they have the advantage in this game because Souths South have a good mobile four-pack, but the size isn't big for them. So that could be a really good inclusion, Victor Radley. I know uh, in our little draft comp that your opponent has him this week, so it's a bit disappointing for you to see him back. Mm. Yeah, look, I mean, he was due back at any time, so uh, you can't pick these things. I think, I mean, I've said to you, again, before we started recording today, that I was very keen on the Roosters here. I mean, we've seen them firsthand. I've actually seen them firsthand uh, in rounds one and two. And I think what they have off the bench is so good in terms of uh, Hargraves and Butcher. For Feeder, he doesn't get the raps he probably deserves 
given his um, you know little minutes that he plays, but you know the luxury to have a, a Kiwi international on the bench in Hargrave, someone who's started, who's won premierships, is just it is a luxury. There's no other word for it. Lindsay Collins, he's been in superb form. He's laying on tries, scoring tries. Freddie Lussick, probably, I guess, yeah. If you're looking at that spine, it's obviously their downfall, but. For what it's worth, I'll be tipping the Roosters here in a narrow one, but the brilliance of Teddy perhaps just to sneak them home at the end of it all. And a key inclusion as well, just before we move on, obviously Angus Crichton returns to this lineup after a one-week suspension. So that's a big in. I know he's been very popular with super coaches uh, right across the board. Saturday afternoon, the Raiders, your Raiders, Tommy, take on the Warriors back home at Canberra. And you'd be expecting the Raiders to get a win, but maybe not so sure after what they showed against the Sharks. Yeah, that was a pretty uh, ordinary game, that one. I know we got the win, and that's all that matters in the end. But, yeah, it was it was pretty uh, average footy, that one. Um, not an easy game either. The Warriors, pretty good against Newcastle, hung in there the whole way, just got beat by some uh, Bradman Best magic late on. So, look, I think it's be another sort of tight, defensive-oriented game. But, look, hopefully we're classy enough to get the result in the end. You mentioned Bradman Best there. He went through, it was a pretty, I won't say soft tackle from Petahiku. It was it was a tired tackle um, and something that they'll have to improve this weekend because the Raiders on their day, particularly down that left side with Jack Whiten, um, he'll be asking questions. Although he hasn't been at his attacking best to start the year, Whiten. So I, I dare say that he'll have a little bit of a point to prove because he was, you know, calling a spade a spade here. He was pretty terrible against the Sharks. I thought he had so many errors. Do you think, you know, as someone who's watched a lot of the Raiders over many, many years now, Tommy, that Josh Hodgson, he's just commanding too much of the footy in good position, which means that Whiten maybe feels that he has to come up with that miracle play at the miracle time to kind of lay on something, and that's causing the errors? Or, or I don't know, how do you see this one playing out? Well, he, he de- Hodgson's presence is definitely changing Whiten's game. I don't, I don't think that can even be uh, debated, really. Without Hodgson last year, Whiten was so much more involved. Obviously, Tom Starling, he isn't really an organiser of the game. He more just runs when he has to and then just offloads the ball other than that. But uh, Hodgson is really an organiser. He sets them up. And Williams as well has been really, uh, not overplaying his hand, but just getting a lot of ball in the first two weeks. I think what you said, Jack White, and we having a point to prove a nice sunny afternoon in Canberra against the Warriors. If he's ever going to have a big game, I think it's his Yeah, I hope so because I potted him at number six. I went away from Walker and Munster to start the season and Look, on paper at least, I thought the Raiders had a pretty fair start to the season. Obviously, the Tigers in round one, the Sharks in round two, and the Warriors in round three. That looked a fixture or a list of fixtures there that you thought, look, they're they're three teams that probably aren't making the top eight this season. So um, disappointing from Jack so far, but I'm going to keep him one more week, I think. And again, I'll say this, I haven't... I haven't settled on my lineup yet for round three, but I just know what he's capable of, and he can very easily come out and score a double and lay on two more, and suddenly he's at a, you know hundred plus points. Although I will say his break even is a hundred and one, so he is on the chopping block. Whether or not his head gets cut off, I don't know. Interesting inclusion here. Obviously, uh, news of Harris Tavita suffering a long term injury sees Sean O'Sullivan into the side. Tommy, you've watched a bit of New South Wales Cup over the years. He was always a standout. So this is, I won't say a like-for-like like replacement, but they don't lose too much here with uh, O'Sullivan coming in at seven. No, absolutely. He was uh, very highly thought of coming through, as you just mentioned. So that's obviously a big, big loss, Harris David. He's been pretty good. But O'Sullivan is a worthy replacement. Also, just back on the Raiders for a second, Jared Croker makes his first appearance for the year, replacing Sebastian Cruz, who some would say is a bit unlucky, considering he was pretty good in the opening two rounds. 
Jeez, you'd be fucking spewing if you brought in Chris. He's <laughs> he's done all the hard yards. He's got he's scored so many points. He's scored tries, and he's not going to get his price rise after two weeks in and then one week out. So he might cop it at one stage later on in the season. But geez, it's a tough hold if you are carrying Sebastian Chris. The Raiders for mine, I think they'll be getting the win at home against the Warriors. Tommy, I dare say you'd be tipping the same. Yeah, my eyes are green, mate. Absolutely. Uh, let's move on to Saturday afternoon or Saturday night up there at Suncorp Stadium. The Broncos taking on the Bulldogs. And, you know, this has been dubbed the Battle of the Who Cares Cup or the, the Wooden Spoon Bowl, whatever way you want to look at it. But I was actually not disappointed from what I saw from the Broncos last week. I think in attack, they sh- they troubled the Titans. Defensively, they were hapless at times. I think they conceded four tries in 10 minutes. But they have shown the the Broncos that they do have points in them, and that's something that the Bulldogs haven't been able to show after two rounds. Yeah, I think for that exact reason, that's probably why I side with Brisbane as well. Just look at the two team lists, and there's just more individuals in the Broncos team who can make something from nothing. I just haven't seen anything from the Dogs to suggest they're going to score any more than two tries in any game, really. Uh, Brisbane's defence is pretty limited, as he said, but they don't really have to defend against a lot on Saturday. Also, just worth mentioning, I think uh, they've lost... I think it's 13 straight games. Could be 12 or 13. And uh, after this week against the Bulldogs, they play four of the supposed big six in the NRL. So really, if they don't win this wow. week, it could be 18 straight losses by the end of that uh, little run. So I think they'll be pretty desperate to get a win. I think this is the week for Brisbane where they kind of you know step up. Kevy, third game in, um, like a good horse, you know, coming into that third run of the preparation. I think that they'll be able to find their best or close enough to it. So I'll be tipping the Broncos here. Tessie knew he was outstanding um, last weekend. I think he scored 92 super coach points. He was definitely above 90. Uh, Jermaine Asako, he's been in good form as well. This was actually one of the questions in the talking points uh, from our Instagram DMs that I didn't get to. Uh, someone asked, Asako in for Staines? And while it seems good on paper, Tommy, I don't think it's a great idea if you're thinking you know, long-term. I don't know if you want to have too many... Uh, too many shares in the Broncos in that center wing slot. Obviously, assuming that you do have new like I do, if you're running new and a Sarko, it could spell trouble further down the track because they're going to come a time when these guys are going to meet a tough fixture where they're not going to be able to score so consistently. Yeah, like I just sort of mentioned, the next four weeks for the Broncos after this look really hard. So, look, he might go well this week, a Sarko, and he looked, he looked pretty promising last week, but then he might crash down to earth pretty quickly up against the likes of South and Penrith. So... Maybe steer clear of that one. I, I'm going to make a little bold prediction for this uh, team list. Well, I reckon here we go. number 18, Tom did, and we'll start ahead of Brodie Croft in number seven. Is that okay? We'll get to our bold predictions later, but do you want me to put this as a little plus one, or is this it? Because because that is bold, given the fact that he's starting outside, and Croft wasn't hopeless last week. I, I will say wasn't he wasn't he? hopeless. He wasn't great, but he wasn't hopeless. I don't think he was hopeless. Oh, I don't know, maybe I'm being harsh on Croft, but I've never seen anything from him in his career, really. I think this is the game <laughs> where you start Dearden against the Bulldogs at home. Give him an easy game. Okay. Now, I don't disagree with that, and for what it's worth, I think Croft's best game was his first game. I think he kicked a golden point or a match-winning field goal against the Cowboys at Amy Park, but that was some time ago. So uh, you could be right there in saying that uh, Tom Dearden might get the run. Big news out of the Bulldogs this afternoon was Raymond Faitala Mariner is out for up to 20 weeks as per the club's Twitter handle. That's obviously a big blow, but for what it's worth, I don't think Raymond was at his best to start the season. He was off the bench round one. He was up and down in round two, so I'm not going to say it was a good thing for the Bulldogs that they've uh, 
lost one of their main men for an extended period of time. But Corey Waddell coming in, he's solid enough. You know what you're going to get. Yeah, absolutely. Let's wrap this up because uh, there's three games still to go here and we are getting a little bit on. The next game is Saturday night, Bankwest Stadium, the Eels and the Sharks. Uh, Ryan Madison not named for the Eels. Isaiah Papali'i is in. He'll start. I drafted him in or traded him in last week, so pretty happy that he looks like he'll play close to 80 minutes. Uh, only one or maybe two edge back rowers named on their bench, so he might not actually... Uh, the Sharks, they were not too bad against your Raiders, Tommy, but um, you'd, you'd expect the Eels to get the win here. Yeah, probably. Uh, it's not a not a game I'm that confident about. Sharks are a pretty plucky team, but I don't think they've beat a top eight team in the last two seasons. So, look, stats say Parrish would win, but uh, not a game I'd be betting big money on. Uh, interesting to see how Madison's absence causes the uh, the minutes to unfold for the para forwards. Obviously, Papalihi and Nathan Brown will both want as many minutes as possible for their owners. And you say that with a wry smile because you fucking own <laughs> Brown and you've been trying to sell him to me all week in our draft comp. And no, I'm not taking Take the bait. Not at this point anyway. Uh, no. Newcastle Knights against the West Tigers on Sunday afternoon, 4 o'clock kickoff uh, at McDonald Jones Stadium. Kalen Ponga still out, but Curtin Man is back. That's a big boost if he is to actually play. If not, I think Connor Watson will turn out at 5'8". So, so Sue will go to lock as he has done in recent weeks. From what you've seen from the Tigers in those past two rounds, Tommy, is there, have you seen anything to suggest that they'll get within 12 points of this Newcastle team, which just has such an impressive forward pack? Uh, look, no, I'm kind of sick of bagging the Tigers, but it's, it's hard not to at the moment. Um... Looking at just the four-packs in this game, I think, is where Knights will win it. They're, they've got, almost got an origin caliber four-pack there. It's it's ridiculous. It could be the best four-pack in the comp almost. And the West Tigers are really skinny up front, I think. Um, it's just a mismatch. The Knights should do this pretty easily. Yep. Uh, again, I know I floated it before that some people will be running Braley as super coach captain this week. And, geez, doesn't that say everything? Three rounds in, this guy that was touted as a cheapie or as a maybe at the backup number nine. Some people are running him as a captain. And to be honest, I might think about it as well. As I say, I haven't said it on my team, but um, definitely not the worst shout from those who have put that forward. Last game of the round, Sunday night, the Cowboys up against the Titans. Uh, again, another matchup there at Queensland Country Bank Stadium in Townsville. Cowboys, geez, they look an absolute rabble. It must be said, if you're losing to the Dragons in the way that they did, they just can't hold the ball. And if the Titans can hold the ball, complete their sets, which will be made harder without the presence of Ash Taylor. But if they can do it, they should be getting the two points here. Yeah, probably. Uh, again, not a game I'm too... I think Cowboys will be very de- desperate. Like, Titans should win, but Cowboys, after losing last week, they won't want to be uh, 0-3 at the start of their season and the start of Peyton's reign as coach. But, yeah, again, the four-pack here for Feeder... Proctor, Tino, Fodawake, like they just should they should dominate to be too good. It's funny because I mean we spoke about it already a little bit about the the dummy half scoring tries. And if you were to tell me to start the season that eight hookers would have scored inside two rounds and Reese Robson wouldn't have been one of them, he fits the mould of what these rules or what these rules are all about. A running number nine who you know someone who's an out and out hog close to the line. He loves to pick up and, and go for a try. So. Uh, I haven't put this down in my bowl predictions, which we're going to get to very, very soon. But I'm going to start it off a little bit early here, Tommy. I think Reese Robson will score a try this week for the Cowboys. What about Jake Granville comes on and takes his minutes and scores for him, though? No. Well, he did that last week, Granville. So I'm going to say if, I'm, if I can be biased or selfish here, I think that uh, Robson can come on and score a try. Hopefully, at least. Um, and again, I'm being a little bit selfish here, but... 
I think the Titans too good, but um, yeah, I think I'm expecting some points up there in Townsville, given it's a good track. Uh, well, if it is a good track, that is. Yeah, I've already touched on it a little bit there, but let's get into our bold predictions in full, in proper. Tommy, you can start us off this week. I led the way last week. I took the first hit up and uh, found my front. Quick play the ball. Your turn this week. Uh, where do you like a little bit of value here, or, or where can you see some some players scoring points, or maybe not scoring points in round three? Yeah, well, I kicked off uh, out in the fall last week, so I need to go better than that. Uh I'm going to go with uh, David Fafita on the last game of the weekend against the Cowboys. Obviously, we spoke about him before, how good he was last week. I think he's good enough to score again this week, and I'll have him down for at least a score of 85. Yeah, I like it. I'm not going to disagree, and if he turns out 85, I'll be a happy man indeed. Look, I went with two last week. I'm going with three this week. I'm going to, I'm going to put it out there. I, I, they're bold predictions for a reason, okay? So I'm going to kick it off on Friday night with Zach Lomax against the Sea Eagles down there in Wollongong. Uh, local product down that way, Zach Lomax. So you'll have plenty of friends and family down there to watch him score 100 super coach points. So at least I'm hoping or expecting him to get. I think he can score one, maybe two tries, kick a couple of goals as well. So Lomax, 100 plus for mine. Friday night, Angus Crichton against his old team. To score 90-plus, I think he has a point to prove coming back from suspension. Uh, again, some of these predictions, they're just more what I'm, what I'm hoping for, to be honest. I want Angus to score 90-plus. I think he can. And Saturday night, Mitchell Moses against the Sharks at Bankwest, 80-plus points. Uh, similar line of thought to Lomax. I think he can score a try, maybe lay one on, and he's kicking goals as well against the Sharks, who have been up for two weeks and with, uh, if anything is in mind like 2020, they kind of they can play, be up for a couple of weeks and then maybe be down. So maybe they'll be down this week, the Sharks. So uh, recapping, Lomax 100+, plus, Crichton 90+, plus, Moses 80+. plus. If that's happening, I'm going to take it, Tommy, because that'd be five in yeah, two you've weeks. You've taken your, uh, your money from last week and just reinvested it straight away tenfold because they're pretty bold predictions, I must say, but... Look, they all have merit, so good luck to you. We'll see how we go. Obviously, round three gets underway on Thursday night. Uh, between now and then, though, uh, you can keep in touch with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you want to get in touch, at Supercoach365. Um, be sure to follow, subscribe to the podcast. We're doing this once a week, but we might even try to up this throughout the season. We'll see how we go. Tommy, big thanks for joining me once again. Good luck on the weekend. Mate, before we go, we've got to touch on this. You fucking put your captaincy last week on Ryan Madison <laughs> in the th- first game of the week. That's just rookie error from you. It's, What's it's doing? Not, well, it is a rookie error, but it wasn't uh, by design. I honestly just, honestly forgot. Uh, maybe I dreamt it, but I honestly thought I'd moved it to Nathan Cleary. But yeah, it was a rude shock to uh, check, the, check the scores after the Thursday night game and see the nice little yellow captain on Ryan Madison who only got 35 so it was pretty uh, demoralising but look we'll come back we'll bounce back from it yeah he's hoping if you take one thing away from this podcast it's just fuck remember who you put your captain on before you go to bed on Wednesday night heading into Thursday big thanks for joining us Uh, yeah as we say follow subscribe like us do whatever you want we'll catch you next week softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.